Hello and welcome to another episode of the You Got the Ron Dude podcast. I'm your host, Ron Jammin. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is all about Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth installment in the Thor movie franchise. And unfortunately, I'm titling this Thor, Love and Blunder because I was disappointed. I didn't think I would be. Uh, I know it got pretty mixed reviews from fans and critics. Um, decent scores on Rotten Tomatoes. But seeing the trailer and that, I was like, well, I know it's going to be really funny because the same director as Ragnarok. But it didn't work, and I thought I was going to love it. I got Disney+. Plus. Thankfully, I got it uh, for just $2 a month because of the whole Disney Day thing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to dive deep into my thoughts, why it didn't work, why it should have worked. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening on anchor.fm, you can leave a voice message. Uh, Video clips are on YouTube and Spotify, and full audio episodes on Anchor and Spotify. So let's start with the comedy. Because as we've seen... Uh, throughout Thor's history in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, They took a different approach, you know, as the Avengers movies went on and such, and the Thor movies. And Ragnarok, I still remember that time when it came out, because people seemed to like the change, and him with Hulk, they're on this planet, and all this stuff going on. So I figured this movie, I knew it was going to get a lot of hype, but me, I was kind of thrown off by all the humor in Ragnarok. However, it's still a great movie. It's very entertaining. And at this one, now comedy is subjective. So I'll say there are a lot of attempts at humor in this. And it takes away from what should be a heartbreaking movie. You have Jane's sickness, gore. I like that we see like his beginning, the reason why he takes on this mission. But, uh, you know, Natalie Portman as Jane, her trying out one-liners, that works, but it would have worked better had she been cured, you know, healed. But it's like, well, she's not worried about dying. Thor's making jokes all the time. And Thor, he wasn't affected like he was you know, the events of Infinity War. That great loss, the failure. And yet in Endgame, like Chris Hemsworth, he's really good at switching back from comedy to drama. Like when they go back to 2013 Asgard, and he's like, my mother, she dies today. But then he can like make you laugh, I'm so from the future. And that movie just did a great job, the back and forth, because It's like it shouldn't work, but it does. But here, it's just so much that you're like, it kind of overshadows, not the mission necessarily, but what should be a heartbreaking movie. And there's just so much of it that you're like, well, if they don't care, then, you know? Like in Infinity War, if everyone's just joking around, you know, like, oh, Infinity Stones? What do we do, like skip them around or something? You know, skipping stones? Or if the focus isn't on Thanos, 
and his mission. I felt like I'll get to the characters a little later. I'll go more in depth about gore, but it just it should have been the same kind of effect, I think. And Thor, you give him a one-liner here and there. Like, he says something, but he's not trying to be silly, no raising eyebrows. Like the one-liner thing with Jane. It's him and Valkyrie and Jane, and she's trying out, you know, her one-liners. And as they leave, he says, like, you know, they're not very good. But it just says it in passing, kind of. But, yeah, it just didn't work in this one. And on to cinematography. Um, one of the things that drew me in, I was like, I know this is going to be great, a lot of fun. Big action-packed movie. Um, the shot that they showed, or maybe it was like a, a teaser, maybe even a clip. But that scene with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the beginning, those shots all looked great. And everything in the Shadow Realm uh, had that kind of Sin City type feel. However, surprisingly, there were some pretty bland, boring shots. And not so many that you're like, oh, this movie sucks. But some of them, it's just like the backgrounds are so plain. And there's just nothing interesting. And it kind of lacked the lure of Ragnarok. Because Ragnarok overall, I think it's fair to say is superior. Because that hit... You know, all of its marks in that. But, there's a lot of beautiful stuff. And when he goes to visit Zeus to get the army, I mean, all that is very captivating. And, not overblown, you know, with the CGI or anything, but it's just not a great blend. Because some things just don't work. But, overall, I like the... I like the locations, I like the vision of everything, no pun intended, Jarvis vision. But a great looking movie, but uh, Ragnarok still stands out, because that was just uh, a better mix of everything. We have like interesting stuff, stuff to look at in the background instead of just a window and a wall. And the plot was very easy to follow. But we don't spend enough time with the gore. And again, like I said, I like that opening scene. We kind of see what it, you know, what occurred to make him go through with this. Um, but the plot it does a good job of keeping the focus on Jane and Gore and the kids. And with that, I'll say like the pacing was very good. But uh, this movie, it just had all the right ingredients. You have the cast, and I'll get to the characters in that in the next segment. You have all the right ingredients. You have a great story because Jane having cancer, I didn't even suspect that. They did a good job keeping that hush, keeping that quiet. All the right ingredients, great villain, and it just didn't work though. You know, back to the comedy or the attempts at humor and this one should have just tugged at your heartstrings and another example Infinity War you know in Wakanda 
imagine as all the Avengers are going up to Thanos, they each have one-liners. You'd be like, if they're not going to take it seriously, come on. But kudos to this movie, it's very easy to follow. Yeah, and they don't try and branch off and set up other things. That's one reason that the credit scenes work so well in these movies. Because you have your main movie, and then you can have like, you know, two, three branches. Like Hercules and Jane and Valhalla, which I'll get to a little later. But that's a brilliant way to not take away from the plot, the story. Like you reference something and they're like, wait, what about gore? What about this? Of course, it's great to see all the characters again. And most of them served a purpose. Like, uh, it's, you know, fan service, essentially. Like, you wouldn't want to kick any of them out just because they didn't have a lot to do. But uh, Valkyrie, that montage in the beginning when we see her, I like that because she doesn't have a ton to do in this movie. She's kind of along for the ride. Uh, same thing with Sif. It was great to see her, but... I'm sure they're going to use her in Thor 4, maybe the next Avengers. Uh, Korg and Miek, uh, not used too well, but still great to see them. And uh, none of them really get to shine, I don't feel. Like, I'm sure audiences were cheering when you first see Valkyrie, Sif, Korg, and Miek, and all that, but they don't get those standout moments, really. Um, but not the same with Russell Crowe as Zeus. Uh, Jane and Thor, Mighty Jane and Thor have their moments, of course. Bale, Christian Bale's perfect as Gore, but wanted more scenes with him. Not too many more, because when I was writing my notes, I was thinking, speaking of Christian Bale, like the Dark Knight worked because we got a lot of the Joker when he combined all the scenes, but it's spread out. In this one, we just needed uh, a few more scenes with Gore. Maybe even diving more into his backstory. Something like that. Or who else he was going after. Just more in depth. Just uh, It's kind of tough with a movie like this because you have Jane dealing with her battle inside. But then you have this monster cloud of gore. And they both work so well, but it's almost like two separate movies. But they're both great in it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, great to see them, but not much to do. It was a cameo. And it's kind of disappointing just because at the end of Endgame, you know, Thor says, oh, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. So I figured they'd help out throughout this entire movie or have a cameo at the end, which would have been great to see. But um, I'm looking forward to Guardians 3. That's, geez, it's been five years since the last one. And uh, it's always great to see them. But I wanted, you know, a moment where they would shine in this, at least. They didn't really. But, yeah, I just wish... They would have helped out in the end, something. Well, I just watched all the deleted scenes, 
or the ones that were released anyways for uh, Thor Love and Thunder and that's why I'm calling the segment the deleted scenes are a joke gives you more um, there's you know a scene with the Guardians well with two of them and it's kind of an extended scene and it's kind of like you know you have your cereal you pour some milk on someone comes along and just dumps a whole bunch more milk in and you're kind of like I mean more milk is okay but it's just like what, what is this if you get my point it's kind of like no more is good but uh, no the deleted scenes don't save it from what I've seen and it's just more humor more attempts at humor the scene with Zeus in the hospital with Thor and Jane I thought he's gonna give a speech and no he's just uh, eating an ice cream cone and then the scene ends and like huh no speech or anything and uh, it just didn't really do anything for me any of these deleted scenes like alternate takes you know with Zeus and then an extended scene with the Guardians but uh yeah I'm curious if there are more but yeah I just didn't do anything for me but uh, let me know what you think in the comments or leave a voice message okay on to Valhalla the post credit scene so if you haven't seen the movie yet uh, probably want to stop here cut to the next segment so I like the idea of this again the movie it just it was too much comedy it kind of overbeared you know the drama in that but I did like seeing this uh, Jane's story is still very sad in that but what do you think in the next Avengers or the next Thor movie will Thor sacrifice himself to be with Jane because he'll see Odin, he'll see Jane, Heimdall. And I was wondering, can Heimdall and Jane return to wherever Thor is to help if needed? I know they're supposed to stay in this place forever, kind of the white shores. Because it seems like Jane can figure out a way, much like Peter Parker outsmarted Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension and no way home something tells me like they bring her back and it's just for this one movie and it's like no or she'll find some way to help it's what should have been an emotional scene but again to me just nothing really stood out in this movie it's just this bad blend of you know too many attempts at humor and you have all the stuff that should work all the heartache that should be there but they're just not taking it seriously. But, uh, what do you think? You think Jane will figure out a way to return or some way to help? And do you think Thor is going to sacrifice himself? Okay, on to production value. Uh, Thor's costume looked really cheap. I was going to say fan-made, but Fans have proven they can do a better job with CG in some of these movies. 
especially with the deep fakes. So I'm not going to say cheap as in fan made. Uh, it just looked really cheap. It's like he was wearing a Halloween costume. Uh, the CGI shots, which I talked about earlier, those are pretty good throughout, but there are some empty, boring areas. But otherwise, this one was fair. And I like, again, the black and white on the, the Shadow Realm and everything in Zeus's homeworld. But even with uh, Zeus's outfit, it just didn't blow you away or anything. It's kind of like they went to Party City or something and got a costume. You know, after 50 minutes, 5-0, I tweeted, you know, why are they trying to make everything so funny? I'm ready to shut this movie off. But I knew it could get better, and I want to give it a chance. Because if I say it sucked and I didn't watch all of it, that's not fair to the movie. Uh, the title, Love and Thunder, it's funny because it seems like an appropriate title for the next movie because of how this one ends, with him raising love. But it also works when you look at the relationship with him and Jane. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing that's, like, rewatchable, nothing that stood out. The fights, maybe in theaters, were cheerworthy at the beginning, but, you know, with movies like this, I just want to see a lot of action. And with this one, there's just nothing I'd watch again, nothing I'd watch separately on YouTube. And people were saying it's the same as Ragnarok, but Ragnarok just did a better job with balancing everything. And it's such a great lead-in into Infinity War. I mean, obviously a direct lead-in, but it just seemed to get, you know, pretty much everything right. Just a better balance of the comedy and the drama. And which is odd, because this movie should have worked... And I think it just needed another run-through. And, again, the pacing was on point. The plot's easy to follow. You have all the characters. Mighty Jane, everyone was thrilled to see. And her sickness, and gore, his purpose, his mission. But, I'm not at all saying it needed a different director. Because I like his vision a lot. But, this one just didn't hit. Um... Kind of like uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, that one got it right with the tone and everything and the pacing and such. But same thing with nothing really you'd pick out to watch separately. But uh, originally on Twitter I gave this a 2 out of 10. Uh, one for Natalie Portman as Mighty Jane. And then another for Bale is Gore. But I'm going to give it a 3 because there's, again, with the shots, the CG, there's some stuff that worked really well. But uh, 3 out of 10, let me know what you would give it and why. Um, I really appreciate you listening. And leave a voice message on anchor.fm. Leave some comments on YouTube on the video clips. Uh, Anchor and Spotify for full audio episodes, and YouTube and also Spotify for video clips, 
And be sure to rate, subscribe, review, comment, all that fun stuff. And, uh... Yeah, this one... I'm really disappointed, but I'm glad I didn't bet any money or anything, because I'm like, I know I'm going to love this. And... Nope. And not that it's not rewatchable. Like, if you have a bunch of friends who are like, hey, we're all going to watch this movie, and they won't budge on it, you'd be like, yeah, we can watch it. But... I just feel like this movie was close. It was so close. And... You know, not all these are going to be a hit. I mean, No Way Home is just a... It's like a Rogue One for Star Wars. Not the same, obviously, with the whole multiverse thing. But it's like that masterpiece that works, and it gets everything right. And you have a bunch of humor in it, but it's not too much. And you just... It's hard to get that balance of everything. But with this one... Yeah, it was close. But 3 out of 10, again, just because. Um, the comedy overload. The cinematography, some of it didn't work. The characters. And I understand they want to save them for future movies. You know, like I'm sure Sif might have her own movie. Or be featured more in Thor 4, the next Avengers. Or Thor 5, rather. Uh, the deleted scenes didn't do anything. And the production value wasn't great, nothing rewatchable. But, uh. Yeah, it's entertaining. But. It was just, it was close, but. No cigar. But, anyways, that will do it for this review. And thank you for listening. And stay tuned for more episodes. I appreciate you, and I'll see you next time.